Well, welcome to the Speak With People podcast. My name is Jason Rates, and I'm honored that you're joining us today. This podcast exists because we believe that our words matter, and we believe healthy communication is oxygen for our relationships and our leadership. So whether you communicate one-on-one, on a team, from a stage, from a screen, we hope that by listening to this podcast, you'll be challenged, uh, encouraged, inspired to choose to communicate in healthy ways. Because when you do, we know that that healthy communication will drastically improve your relationships and your leadership. Well, today's podcast is very exciting because we're starting a brand new series uh, called Becoming Great at Your Craft. And so we're interviewing uh, just an amazing array of speakers, communicators, leaders during the series. And we're going to look at these tips and habits and practices that will kind of help us uh, become great at our craft. That will kind of set us apart and to continue to grow in our communication. So if you're a speaker or you're someone who regularly delivers sales presentations or you're an influencer online, you communicate into a camera, uh, this series is for you. Every speaker wants to become more effective, more clear, more compelling. And so that's why we're heading into this series. So we're kicking this series off today with a look at how to, how to figure out what we're good at to talk about. What should our message be? Should we speak about everything? And a lot of speakers, a lot of communicators, we struggle with finding what our message is. We have lots of passions. We want to narrow it down. Well, today I am so incredibly and ridiculously excited because I get to interview a leader who I just blabbed to before <laughs> before I hit record. Uh, kind of sounded a little bit stalkerish just because I admire his uh, leadership. I admire his his business entrepreneurship, and I admire his communication skills, and I followed him for a many, many long time. So years ago, I, he was kind enough to give me a conversation that kind of helped me in some ways. And so today he's agreed to be on the Speak With People podcast. So uh, I just want to go ahead and welcome Grant Baldwin to the podcast. Thank you so much, Grant. Jason, it's an honor and delight to hang out with you, man. Well, thank you again. Hey, I thought before we hopped into the conversation, you could just tell us a little bit about uh, who you are, let our listeners know your story, what you do, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So most importantly, outside of the speaking world, I'm married to my high school sweetheart. We got three beautiful daughters. So it's me and a house full of women. It's the absolute best. Uh, it's like my own little Barbie dream house. Uh, and so in the, the speaking world, this is a world that I, I am deeply passionate about, have been spent the majority of my career in. Um, and so if we go back in time um, in high school, I was really involved in my local church and my youth pastor had a big impact in my life. Mm. And I was like, I want to do that. Like that seems like a, a cool profession. I know you came out of ministry as well. So I think we all kind of like idolize our youth pastor. Like yep. I, I kind of felt like if I could make the kind of impact in other lives that he made in my life, that just seemed incredibly fulfilling and rewarding. And so that was kind of the track I was on. I went to Bible college, was a youth pastor for a little while. Uh, parts of it I liked, parts of it I didn't like. But one thing I really enjoyed was was speaking. And mm. speaking was one of those things I felt like I, I was decent at, I wanted to do more of, decided I wanted to make a career of this. But I just didn't really know, like, how does that actually work, though? And, mm. you know, how do you find gigs and what do you speak about and who, who are your speakers and how much do you charge? And like, how does this mysterious world work? And so at the time, this was about 17, 18 years ago or so. There weren't any podcasts like this or trainings or programs or coaching or, or anything like that. Like it was right. just I found myself like emailing other speakers, harassing other speakers, stalking other speakers. Can I pick your brain type stuff and learned a couple things and eventually got to a point where I was, I was booking some gigs and then more gigs and eventually was doing about 60 or 70 paid speaking gigs a year. Wow. And then about uh, eight, nine years ago, or so I had a lot of people who were asking me like, hey, I want to be a speaker. How, how do I do that? And had a lot of the same questions that, that I did. Things like, how do you find gigs? And how much do you charge? And how do you get started? And how does it all work? 
And so uh, about seven years ago is when I started the Speaker Lab, which is a, a training company and coaching company for speakers teaching primarily the business of speaking. How do you mm. find and book gigs? And so, yeah, that's the core of what, what we do today is uh, working with speakers and help them uh, make an impact and income with their message. Wow. That's incredible. Well, I, I am, am one who has uh, read the book and I remember when it came, I was actually leaving for a speaking trip and I think I read it on, the, <laughs> I just read it cover to cover on the flight and it was That's awesome. uh, in, insanely helpful. And so I appreciate that. So speaking about that then, you know, um, all different types of leaders, communicators are listening to this podcast and we're kind of talking to two different types of leaders, communicators today, ones who speak you know, regularly for a living. And then there are folks who are giving sales presentations and delivering, mm -hmm. you know, updates to their, you know, their boss and, you know, all that kind of stuff. So when it comes to someone who's, you know, trying to figure out, boy, I've, I, I feel like I'm going to be a speaker. I feel like I need to communicate. I want to become great at this. How do I figure out what to talk about? Because I have, you know, lots that I can talk about. So is there somewhere you can point us? you know, point me to where, you know, I can know what to speak about. Yeah. And even like you kind of alluded to there, Jason, a lot of it kind of depends on the context or the nature of what it is that you're doing, right? So if mm -hmm. you're speaking, if you're delivering sales presentations, then uh, it should be pretty clear cut of what that presentation is going to be about. Now, if you're someone who's saying like, I, I'm interested in being a speaker, I want to, um, I want to get paid to, to travel and speak similar to what you've done. Uh, then just trying to figure out like, uh, to your point, I have all these different options. What do I speak about? So one of the things that we do is inside the book that you referenced there and inside every, all the training that we do at the speaker lab, as we teach what we call the speaker success roadmap, and it makes the acronym speak S P E A K. And so the S is selecting a problem to solve. And there, mm. there's two key questions here that you got to think through and answer. Number one is uh, who are you speaking to? And number two is what problem do you solve for that audience? Because the, the mistake that a lot of speakers make here is we tend to want to spread the net as far and wide as possible. And so mm. who do I speak to? I don't know. I speak to humans. I speak to people. My message is for everybody. <laughs> right. uh, and as we all know, like if it's for everybody, it's really for nobody. And the same thing that can be said, about what do you speak about? Because sometimes speakers will say, well, what do you want me to speak about? I can speak about anything. We can talk about faith or church planning or, or uh, marketing or sales or right. customer service or leadership or motivation. And like on and on the list goes. And even if you know something about some of those different topics, you have some experience there, doesn't necessarily mean that you want to try to position yourself as the person that speaks on all of these different things. Mm. So the analogy we always like to use is you want to be the steakhouse and not the buffet, the steakhouse, mm. not the buffet. Meaning, Jason, if you and I are we're going out to eat, we're looking for a good steak, like we have a choice. We could go to a buffet where steak is one of 100 things that they offer and they're all mediocre. Or we could go to a steakhouse where they do one thing, but they do that one thing really, really, really well. Mm -hmm. So they don't do tacos. They don't do sushi. They don't do lasagna. Like they do steak and that's it. And so the the it's counterintuitive because, again, most speakers think, the more things I can speak about, the more people I can speak to, the more opportunities I will have. But event planners, decision makers are not looking for generalists. They're looking for specialists. So mm. again, solve one specific problem for one specific audience. You do that and it becomes much simpler to build and grow a speaking business. Wow. Wow. It's funny you mentioned the buffet and steak. I just, uh, on our Speak With People blog, we did a three-week series where we kind of went through the speaking pathway. And I talk about my own journey as a teenager working in a buffet restaurant and then all of a sudden making it to like the steakhouse and yeah. <laughs> there, there is a big giant difference. <laughs> this is true. This is, this is uh, very true. So then the problem to solve, you know, you have to figure out who your audience is first then and kind of get into their mind, their life to try to figure out 
what are the things that they're dealing with? Is that where you'd start well, with the audience? Yeah, because what we're kind of looking for here is this overlap between what you're interested in, what you're knowledgeable on, what you're passionate about, and what is it that the organizations and groups actually hire speakers to talk mm. about, right? Yeah. So um, because just because you say, okay, I am um, I'm deeply passionate about underwater basket weaving. Okay, that's great, but it doesn't necessarily mean that there's any opportunities for that or that you can make a career from that right. or that you could get to speak on that topic or that there's an audience that hires for that, right? So part of what we're looking for here is thinking through what is your own experience? What is your own uh, track record? What, what is your, like your career and professional experience been in? Where are your networks, your connections, yep. right? So let me give an example. There was a, a speaker we worked with a while back who came from the restaurant industry and he, uh, he was interested in getting into speaking and was like, I've spent a good chunk of my career in the restaurant industry doing like consulting with restaurants. And it was like, I'm just tired of being in the restaurant space. I would love to do something else. I want to speak, but I want to speak elsewhere. I said, yeah, I, I get all that, but let's start with low hanging fruit. And for you, it's mm. going to be in the restaurant space because that's a world he understood. It's a world he knew. He knew the language, he knew the lingo, knew the insider baseball, he knew the people, right. he knew the challenges they ran into, he knew the associations, he knew the decision makers, like he just knew that world. And so he started there and it was much simpler for him to get traction because mm. he understood their challenges and their problems. Now, over time, he shifted and does very, very little in the restaurant world today, but that was a good starting point. So it's important to note that when we talk with speakers that we emphasize that you're picking a starting point. You're not making a permanent decision. You're not mm. getting married. You're not getting a tattoo. So right. when you think through like, who is it you speak to and what problem you solve, like what's low hanging fruit to get the momentum going and to get the ball rolling? Because we always remind speakers, it's much easier to steer a car in motion than it is to steer a car in park. Wow. When you're sitting in a parked car, it is really, really difficult to turn that steering wheel. But right. If you get that car going just a couple of miles an hour, literally like five miles an hour, you can start to turn and course correct and pivot that course that car accordingly. Uh, and so we're trying to just get the ball rolling and get some momentum going. And what is the best way to do that is again look for that low hanging fruit for you based on your experience and your your uh, your career uh, trajectory. Wow. Yeah, that's good. Do you think every leader should have some some type of a signature talk or like that kind of passion area that they become an expert in? I mean, even if it's someone who's, yeah, been working at sales or whatever, but, you know, they're continuing to look at their communication, you know, should every leader kind of, would this be helpful across, you know, just being, you know, a full-time speaker traveling, but even for a leader to go, yeah, this is the area that I've, I've done my 10,000 hours in and I, you know, I can, I can kind of speak with some expertness with this. Yeah. Uh, and again, let me give you an example. I'll, I'll give you an example of just within our own business here at the Speaker Lab. So given what we do, uh, people that come to us are interested and they have some type of message that they want to share. And there's a lot of ways that they could go about doing that, right? Speaking is a medium to do that. But people who are interested in speaking are also interested in doing a course and doing a podcast and writing a, a book or uh, consulting or coaching. I mean, you can do a bunch of different things right. there. And those are all different things that we could arguably help people with. But if we say, no, no, all we do is we help speakers understand how to find and book paid gigs, like mm. period, full stop, like that's what we do. Then it really, really narrows down and makes it really easier from a marketing perspective, from an outward perspective of what it is that we do for, and then also makes it simpler for people who are looking at what we do and saying like, is that for me or it's not for me, right? We are a steakhouse, right. we are not a buffet. And so if someone's going like, but I'm a vegetarian great. Like then we're not for you. And that's totally fine. Like we're, we're not trying to appeal right. to everyone. And so in terms of, of having a, a signature message, yeah, I think like 
having like one core topic that you speak on and kind of one core message that you deliver is important. Now, I'd also say that uh, oftentimes in the speaking space, and Jason, you understand this, is like speaking can like a, a key signature message can be something that has a slight bit of evolution and change over time right. to it. Meaning like there are going to be stories and examples and case studies, depending on the nature of what you're talking about, that are going to evolve and change over time. So I remember years ago, I used to have a, a story that I would tell about American Idol. I never tried out, didn't know squat about American Idol, but just from a viewer standpoint. And it was talked specifically, the, the, the bit was about the original judges of Randy Paula and Simon. So if I get up on stage today and talked about uh, American Idol and like, hey, you guys see the latest season with Randy, Paula and Simon, everyone's gonna be like, who? What are you talking about? And uh, that was, you know, a decade ago. So <laughs> right. you have to make sure that that your, you know, the stories, the anecdotes, the case studies, the points are going to be evolving, updated, changed, kept up to date over time. Now, there, there may be some, like some core principles, some core ideas, some core thoughts that are like, that's ah, pretty timeless and classic and they they, yeah. they don't evolve and change dramatically. But as things evolve and change is that, you know, we have a pandemic that comes and goes or a recession or whatever things are dealing, happening with the, the economy or your particular industry or the group of people that you're speaking to, like you you got to stay top of mind with those. So mm. there's going to be parts that, that stay the same, parts that may evolve and change over time. Yeah. When you, you know, primarily traveled and spoke in schools, uh, and if I remember correctly, did you primarily do uh, high schools or was it colleges? Uh, I did a lot of primarily leadership uh, conferences uh, with okay. students. So a lot of like um, student leadership events. Um, if you remember groups like uh, Student Council, FFA, right. FBLA, DECA, um, yeah. FCCLA, those type of groups. So I did a lot of, of their state conferences, regional district, national conferences, uh, a lot of school assemblies, and high school, mm -hmm. uh, and then a lot of stuff with colleges as well. And so your your topic then was... Uh, I did a lot on the topic of just personal responsibility. Um, wow. That was a, a key topic I talked about, just helping students uh, think through like, hey, your your life can be what it is that you want it to be, but it's up to you to make that happen. So don't wait on you know your, your, your teachers, your administrators, your parents, your, your friends, the government, whoever, to swoop in and save the day. Like life yeah. is great if you decide to make it great. So yeah. that's a big thing and kind of incorporated within that. We talked a lot with high school students on uh, helping students transition from high school into college in the real world. Mm. And so, yeah, we did a lot with that. Wow, that's great. So it, I've narrowed down, you know, that area. And now I'm ready to share it with, you know, some of my, my, I kind of call it my home team. Who are those people that are yeah. close to me? You know, so what if, what if those people are like, ooh, like, are you sure? You know, like, what advice would you, you know, give someone to, you know, as they're trying to hone that message? Yeah, as far as um, uh, uh, people doubting yes. their ability just to speak in the first place or on that topic? Just that topic. Yeah, yeah. And so one way to kind of look into this and kind of do a little bit of, of market research, so to speak, is to look for other speakers who are doing something similar to what you want to do. So oh, yeah. if you said, okay, I really want to speak to um, uh, uh, pet store owners about, um, you know, some latest trend with dogs. I don't know. I'm just making this up. <laughs> sure. uh, then what you would want to do is you'd want to just spend a few minutes on Google and kind of browse around and see one, are there speakers that are actually doing that? Uh, and two, look for the types of events that you would potentially speak at and see what those speakers are talking about. So if you were to just do a Google search for, you know, pet shop owner conference, pet shop owner, convention, pet shop owner association, see what those conferences are, what those events are, 
and then see again the speakers that they're having speak. What are they talking about? Now, if you're looking in and kind of digging into this, this topic that you may want to speak on, um, and you are finding like, hey, I'm not finding anybody who's talking about this. Like, I'm going to be the first. That is not a good thing. Okay. Well, we're <laughs> okay. not we're not looking for you to be some pioneer. Like, I'm going to carve out this whole new industry or niche. No, no. Like, we're looking for an existing track record. We're looking yeah. for like, okay, there's some type of proven thing in the marketplace. Uh, because again, like we touched on earlier, you're trying to find that overlap between what you want to speak on and what is it that organizations and groups actually pay for. So let me give another right. example. When I was uh, doing a lot of speaking in, in schools. Uh, I personally, my, my, um, my wife and I were really into personal finance and paid off a lot of debt. And we we're like, man, if, if teenagers could learn this, like this would make a huge, huge impact for them. Right. Uh, and so, uh, found myself talking with school principals and, and event planners, decision makers for a lot of these youth conferences and said, Hey, you know, I'd love to talk about personal finance. And like 100% of them would tell you that teaching students about money was important, but none of them were hiring speakers to talk about it. Right. And so, uh, again, it's not that they didn't find it important. It's just not something that they were used to hiring speakers to talk about. But for example, one thing that they were hiring speakers to talk about was the topic of, again, helping students transition from high school into college in the real world. And so I started doing some speaking around that. And within that, one of the things we touched on was personal finance. Hmm. So think through, again, just because you're, you're passionate about or you're knowledgeable on, you think, oh, everybody should know this. Like, why wouldn't they pay me for this? will help them. It's like, yeah, that doesn't, just because you're interested in it or just because you're passionate about it doesn't necessarily mean that groups or organizations pay speakers to talk about that. Right. So the, the best thing to do is again, take a few minutes, browse around. And one, you're looking for speakers who are doing something similar and two, the type of events that would hire you and see if they're actually hiring speakers to talk about that mm. topic. And again, if you're not finding those, that's not a good thing. We're looking for some <laughs> existing track record here that we can build upon. Wow. That's so good and so practical and so helpful. So You've kind of found your area. Have you found any ongoing habits or practices that have kind of helped you, uh, you know, dive deep into the research of, you know, that area? Like when, when you were doing those talks, you know, were there any go-to, well, I was watching these YouTube videos or I was, you know, you gave us a couple of them, like talking to other speakers, but were there any other habits that you had to just, you know, become that expert in that area? Yeah, as far as uh, the becoming an expert on that on that topic, or that as topic, far as like yeah. just researching. Yeah, just yeah, I think just like um, the uh, th there's a, a balance again between what you're passionate about and knowledgeable on, and what um, organizations actually need. So I think really keeping a, a pulse on what is happening in that particular industry, what is mm -hmm. happening in that particular space. Um, is this something that organizations and groups are actually struggling with? What's the need that they have and how can you help solve that? So one way to think about this is, um, well, let me give another example. I remember um, a few years ago talking with a, a speaker client that we were working with and they, um, uh, if I remember correctly, they were an attorney. Um, they came from, from just the law profession and they were really passionate about um, personal health and, mm. and uh, health and well-being. And they said, hey, I really want to speak to attorneys and lawyers about um, healthy eating and uh, health and well-being, right? And is that important? Said, yeah, like I'm sure they all would say, yeah, this is important, but is it the type of thing that they are hiring speakers to talk about? So I said, let's think of it this way. If you are the owner of a law firm and you've got a dozen lawyers on your team, um, and when you're lying in bed at night, like what are the things that are you're stressed about? What are the things that you're staying mm. up at night thinking about? Things like, yep. boy, if, if only I could get my lawyers to eat better, 
Right. How do we do that? Like, I, I mean, does it matter to them? Sure. But is it the type of thing that's keeping them up at night? Probably not. But what are the types of things that they're dealing with? Probably things where their, their attorneys are dealing with stress and burnout and fatigue and depression, uh, maybe uh, alcohol or drug use or I mean, any number of like significant health and well-being things. Right. And so what if you were able to address those things and maybe within the context context of that, you could also talk about, mm. uh, uh, you know, health and what you're eating and how that contributes to how you're feeling and, you know, that sort of thing. So making sure that, again, you really deeply understand the needs of the market and what is going on there. Um, and again, that can come in the form of, uh, ideally, it just comes in the form of, of you being entrenched in that market and you understanding that world where you are one of them. Yep. Uh, and so again, you have some of that insider baseball that we were talking about earlier. Wow. That's so good. Just, I mean, I hate to do, uh, you know, be the patient here for a second, but as you're talking, I'm, I'm like swirling, you know, on my own, <clears throat> own business and own communication. And, you know, I've kind of honed in on healthy communication. And so we talk a lot about that. You know, we talk about healthy communication is oxygen for your relationships and how do you choose, you know, communication. But my audience is, you know, I, I still am marketing an assembly to schools uh, called Words Matter, and it's all about healthy communication and social emotional skills and those kind of things. And then I, I do also market, you know, this uh, healthy communication workshop to businesses. And I'm going, mm -hmm. okay, is this, am I at a precipice, you know, kind of point where I'm going, you know, should I, should I just keep narrowing the funnel, you know, to focus on the one audience? Because uh, I've been speaking to kids forever and love it, you know, but, you know, this phase of life love, you know, talking to adults as well. Uh, so, uh, do you recommend, you know, that kind of keep narrowing that funnel or is it kind of a case by case, you know, for, for different people? Yeah. And so, uh, another way to think about this is you look at, um, uh, I'll give you a couple of examples here. Look at a company like Nike. Okay. Nike is a multi, multi, multi billion dollar company that will sell anything that they can put a swish on. Mm. Uh, and that's where they are today, but the yeah. way they got their start is they created a one specific type of shoe for long distance collegiate runners. Hmm. That was it. And they did that for a long time before then they were like, we should make a walking shoe. We should make a basketball shoe. We should make a normal running shoe. We should right. make a hat. Like we should make a basketball. We should, you know, and it kind of evolved from there. Right. But it started like, we're going to solve one specific problem for one specific audience. Mm -hmm. Give you another example, Amazon, you can order anything on Amazon today. But for the first years, several years of their business, all they did was sell books. That was it. Wow. And then it was like, hey, what if we added this? What if we added this? What if, yep. you know, and like next thing you know, they'll sell anything. Um, let me give you another like personal example. Uh, or like a personal brand example. You look at someone like uh, Gary Vaynerchuk and mm -hmm. love him or hate him. Gary is a, a you know, a well-known personal brand figure. He speaks on all types of different topics. But the way he got his start and the way he built his brand is focusing on one specific topic, which was wine. And that was it. All he did for years and years and years and years was talk about wine. And then over time, it kind of expanded. And so, again, I think a lot of people wow. would look at right. and say, you know, uh, but Gary Vee talks about all these things, but Amazon sells everything, but Nike sells everything. It's like, yeah, but none of us are Nike, Amazon, or Gary Vee. And that's not how they started. Don't look at where someone is today. Look at where uh, they started. Yes. And so I tend to say, I tend to think that 
you know, I think in the beginning of like when you're, you're starting a business that there's definitely some experimenting that's happening, right? Yeah. I'm just trying to figure out where I can, I can get some momentum and get some traction. So, yeah. um, you know, with what you're describing there, Jason, of like, I'm doing a little bit of the business stuff. I'm doing a little bit of the, the student stuff. Um, uh, I, I, I don't, I don't love it, but from an experimental standpoint, like I'm just going to try one of these with the goal being I'm not going to do both of these forever. Right. Because the other thing whenever it comes to those two audiences is they are two very different audiences. Their needs are very different. Their right. challenges are very different. The decision making process is very different. How right. they hire speakers is very different. A business will hire um, you to come in and not only do a presentation, but then do you know three months of implementation and consulting and coaching with their teams, right? That doesn't happen in a school. It's very right. different in a school environment, right? Uh, and so being clear going, okay, I'm going to try both of these for a little while with the goal of landing on one or the other uh, and focusing there. Um, the other thing is, is when you have like kind of multiple different markets, like, like you're describing, as even if the message is a little bit similar, is you have to communicate to them differently. And mm. so, you know, if you're trying to, let's say you just have yeah. like one website, um, the way that you're talking to a high school principal is different than the way that you're talking to a business owner. And so it's like, ah, oh, I'm trying to, you know, I'm trying to speak to both of them, but I'm really talking to neither of them at the same time because it's it's super vague, you know. Yeah. Uh, and so uh, again, I think that good. The, no, again, it's, it's, good. it's counterintuitive, but the you focus on one audience solving one problem for that audience, and it just everything else becomes so much simpler. Your website, your yeah. marketing materials, your email list, your opt-ins, your demo video, like all. All of it becomes so much simpler because I know exactly who I'm speaking to and exactly what their needs are. Yeah, no, <laughs> that's good. Oh, I needed to hear that. Just the last couple of questions, you know, we really honed in on, you know, the subject, finding your message, but this overall series, you know, we're kind of talking about becoming great at your craft. Like, is it wrong mm -hmm. for a communicator, speaker, a leader to want to be the best that they can be when it comes to their communication skills? I mean, sometimes I feel like you know, I think people feel like, oh, I, I don't know if I should, you know, if I should really work too hard at being the best I can be uh, in, you know, in this realm. Uh, but, you know, how would you encourage people as they kind of go about their skills and becoming, you know, the, the best version of the, the, of the communicator that they can be? Yeah, no, absolutely. You should try to be the best that you can be at it. And and the reality is, is like your best marketing is a great talk. Mm. And you think about other ways that this is true. You know, the, the reason that you recommend a restaurant or uh, a, a hotel or a Netflix show or an album or whatever, or a concert is yep. because the experience was so great. It wasn't because yep. like, oh, wow, I went to this restaurant and the, the font that they use on the menu was just impeccable. I've never seen anything like it. No, no. Like, it's like the food was really, really, really good. Right. And the experience was overall amazing. I was telling uh, my wife and I saw a movie over the weekend, um, the movie Air, which is the story about um, oh, yeah. how Nike signed uh, Jordan in 1984. And it was such a good movie. And mm. I was, I've already told multiple people about it. Ah, oh, you got to go see it. I'm talking about it now. You got to go see this movie. Yep. It was such a good movie. And like, the 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 marketing uh, I, I couldn't tell you anything about it you know I couldn't tell you you know uh, all these little nuances of how it was shot or the film. It was just like the 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 film itself the story was so good uh, and so it leads people to talk about it so again the same thing is true for speakers the mm. the reason that that we um, 
we recommend certain speakers. I just saw the speaker. I just hired the speaker. You got to have the speaker at your event is because of what they deliver on stage. Now, what's another thing that's really important to note for speakers, especially if you're doing this on a professional level, is part of what you're being hired to do is what you do on stage. And part of it is, is about who you are off stage. Meaning if you are a great speaker on stage, but you are a pain in the butt to work with. And by pain in the butt, I don't mean that you're like this prima donna or diva. I just mean like your job is to make their job simpler, right? Like they should just be like, ah, like working with you is just such a breeze. Right. And that means like when they need something from you, you get it to them. Like you answer emails quickly. When you say that you're going to be there at eight o'clock for a sound check, that you're there at seven 45, like you just make their life simple. It's just like, ah, it's just, it's a relief to work with someone like you. So keep that in mind as well, that it's not just like if you're amazing on stage, but just the overall experience of working with you is really top-notch and professional. I love that. I love that. Well, that kind of led right into the the question I was going to ask. And so I'll ask one last question to you. But uh, did you ever think in your wildest dreams uh, that believing that your speaking career could literally lead into building a business who have, I mean, you've helped thousands of people. Like I'm in the, you know, the Speaker Lab Facebook group. I mean, it is thousands and thousands of people. I mean, did you ever think, you know, in your wildest dreams that it would, you you know, you'd be able to have this type of reach and, you know, be able to help as many people as you have? No, not at all. Uh, I I mean, I, I legit feel like um, the speaker lab is what I wish I had when I got started, where, yes. uh, I felt like I had the potential, but I needed the plan. I had yeah. the potential, but I needed the plan knowing like I wasn't the best speaker. I wasn't the worst speaker, but I knew there was something there. I wanted to do more of it. I wanted to get booked to do this. I wanted to get paid to do this. I just didn't know, like, how does it actually work? Yeah. And again, there's just, yeah. there historically has not been a ton of resources, uh, on this subject. And thankfully there's a lot more today. But uh, for speakers that, that we work with who are booking their first gig or their hundredth gig and that level of confidence of them doing it and, and then uh, the impact that they're able to make with their audiences that they're speaking to, the impact that it's making on, on themselves, on their families, um, the, the income that they're able to make is incredibly, incredibly rewarding and fulfilling. So, yeah, uh, yeah it's, a, it's, a, it's a ton of fun of, of what, we're, what we're able to do. Oh, well, Grant, I mean, you, <laughs> this has been so rich. I feel like you've just poured out such incredible wisdom. Just to close, I thought we'd do just a you know, couple of rapid fire questions. Our listeners can kind of keep uh, getting to know you. But do you have a favorite speaker? I mean, is there just someone that you sit back and you're like, oh, I could listen to them speak forever? It could be a speaker or a comedian or, you know, someone in that, in that uh, genre. Yeah, one of my favorite speakers is a guy that I've become real good friends with, uh, John Acuff, which I'm sure you know. Um, sure. John's a phenomenal, phenomenal speaker. He takes the craft yeah. very, very seriously, um, is a very, very articulate, um, very, very funny speaker. And so, yeah, he he would be up there uh, as far as just some of the, the top speakers I've, I've seen and know. His talk at the Global Leadership Summit last year was, I mean, just mind-blowing. Uh, is there, for you personally, a podcast that you enjoy, you know, a go-to podcast that you're like, ooh, this really either, you know, grows my leadership or kind of my guilty pleasure podcast that just kind of helps me unwind and relax. Yeah, there's a, a, quite a few different podcasts I listen to. Um, I listen to, let's see, I'm trying to think for this uh, show. Uh, so uh, uh, Andy Stanley and Craig Rochelle's leadership podcasts are both yep. uh, super solid. There's one called My First Million that's kind of more of a, a business podcast I listen to quite a bit. Um, what else? I listen to Planet Money with my uh, oldest daughter. Her and mm. I listen to that and talk about what's happening in the world of economics. Um, so that's a fun one. Um, yeah, those are a few few that come to mind. 
Well, just incredible. Uh, I just can't thank you enough for joining us for this conversation, for being a part. Uh, could you just tell us where we could find you online, the best place to get you know uh, your resources and all that kind of stuff? Yeah, everything we do is over at thespeakerlab.com, thespeakerlab.com. Uh, if you listen to this podcast, you probably listen to other podcasts. So we have a, a podcast by the same name, The Speaker Lab Podcast. We've got uh, over 400 episodes there. So definitely check that out. Um, you mentioned uh, the book earlier, The Successful Speaker, Five Steps for Booking Gigs, Getting Paid, Building Your Platform. So definitely uh, I'd encourage people to uh, check that out. That Speak Framework, that S-P-E-A-K, that Speaker Success Roadmap, uh, takes that and just goes way in depth on that and how to find and book uh, gigs and get paid for it. So uh, yeah, but everything is... Uh, over at thespeakerlab.com. I love it. Well, thank you again, Grant, and uh, just so incredibly appreciative of your time. Thank you again for joining us, uh, Speak With People community. Thank you so much for being a part of this podcast. If you haven't yet joined the Speak With People community Facebook group, please head over there every single day. We're putting different resources to help you become a healthy communicator. Again, this podcast exists because our words matter and we believe healthy communication is oxygen for our relationships and our leadership. So whether you communicate one-on-one -on -one to a team from a stage or from a screen, we hope that our time today challenges you, inspired you, encourages you to choose to communicate in healthy ways because you really will change your world in drastic ways. Thanks again. And we will see you next week for week two of our Becoming uh, Great series. Thanks so much. Bye.